But the crazy thing is, I know so many people, like they go out drinking and they fall asleep with a chew in. Like multiple times. I've done it once on accident. Like you go out and you get sloshed and then you come home and you pop a chew in and you just fall asleep. Or you have to chew in from when you were out and you fall asleep with it in. That's only happened to me one time in my life. And you just wake up choking on just like burning. No, it just drools all out of your mouth because a lot of people drool when they sleep and it's just, yeah, it's not a fun time. It doesn't, yeah, but you swallow too. Well, that you don't just wake up with burning tobacco in the back of your throat. Pretty much. It's not fun. Thick. Yeah, I was, I'm a, uh, I'm a one and done person. Like, before I'm remotely ready for bed, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let's just go with this. Unnecessary. Okay. I mean, doesn't I thought it was supposed to make you like, I thought it was supposed to be a stimulus. A stimulant. Yes and no. But at the same time, you're so 50, when you're chewing, does it like what does it do? Um, is nicotine's weird. Like I never, I've never, I've never been addicted to cigarettes, so I can't like vouch for people that smoke. But my experience of it is like it does stimulate. It's it's it is somewhat of a stimulant, but like for me, it's not because. So like when you smoke cigarettes, does it like it gets you? I mean, does it like what is it like? Is it like a drunk buzz or is it like a stimulant buzz, like a speed buzz? Honestly, with chew, like the first time, like about, let's say I can put chew and I can stop chewing for like a month. The first chew I put in, I'm going to get that head rush. And it's kind of like that first, like you're buzzed and you feel good. Like you're like, let's do this. It's kind of that, but it's, um, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to think what else I can uh, compare it to without, you know, saying it because we're recording. But anyways, yeah, it feels like that. Okay. Both. All right. Anyways, now that we have had some uh, nicotine education, I'm just going to go ahead and finally introduce the program. This is the fourth episode of The Modern Method. Um, for the last two, I'll admit it, I screwed up. We screwed up on release dates, episode two, I said episode three, episode four. No, episode three. Yeah. I said episode two. Just forget it. You, you yeah. see how it's written on YouTube and on Spotify, and that's that's how it actually is. Um, yeah, guys, we're, we're still pretty new at this, and we couldn't decide what we wanted to do, so. Yeah, you know? Jesse was drunk the entire time, so. Oh, that's what Rude. happened. <laughs> Rude. Well. I, I, I can't mean, sit I, here and I, lie. Two, okay. The last one, I the, the one we just released, I wasn't even drunk. I had two doors. Music ones. and movies? I didn't even drink that one. What? No. Was it just me? Well, it might have been my fault. Okay. I'll take the hit on one of them, and then on the second one, whatever. The second one was a group effort. Anyways. This is four. This is four. We're back at four main storyline, because honestly... Three, which I said was two, but is actually three, was actually part of the special series, which is not guaranteed to happen all the time, and they just sort of drop when they drop. Right. So that's how that goes. Um, what about AOC's dress? 
What? AOC's dress? Yeah, at the Met Gala. Did you see that? I I actually did not. Controversial topic. You're going to have to look up a picture of this. Look up a picture of this. AOC's dress at the Met Gala, which is like, and I didn't even know what a, I mean, I know that a Met Gala is an excuse to get fancy and you donate a bunch of money, but even though most of your tickets are comped because you're a celebrity, they're like $30,000 per ticket and you're donating to a costume fund thing for an art whatever museum in New York that, again, you have to be pretty prissy to go there. I didn't, I, I saw this, but not the actual one. Yeah. The I tax followed. the rich dress is what I'm talking about. Right. I saw it because I had, I didn't put two and two together. I'm not, I don't know. I don't follow pop culture that much or whatnot anymore. I try to not. Right. Deal. But anyways, I saw that on an Instagram post. It's actually from a, a page I follow. I think it's hilarious. If anybody out here is football fans, I want a good laugh. It's a page called NFL Memes. And her dress didn't say tax to rich. It said the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead. Well, <laughs> no, there's a shit ton of memes that came out from it. But, um, and you know what? I'm sure that all AOC wants to do is good things with her right. platform that she has. Um, but at the same time, I'm reading that she owes two grand in taxes from last oh. year. <laughs> what the fuck? She had like some publishing company that like didn't go anywhere and that now she owes a bunch of taxes on it and hasn't paid them. Even though she's apparently got 30 grand extra to go to this Met Gala ball. And yeah. however much she did for that dress. Well, number one, I don't even know who she is. You don't know who AOC, Alexandria Sasio cortez she's the, you don't know who that is? Well, then I'm not even going to keep talking about it. Then it, You don't know that. How the fuck do you know? The squad? Yeah, I got nothing. Okay. I think you know her if you saw her, but you obviously don't. Sorry, everybody, I'm not as hip. <laughs> it's not really hip. Well, it's politics, first of all. She's a politician. Well, Just, forget it. Just forget it. You want to talk about the dresses some more? You want to? <laughs> <laughs> Billie Eilish's dress was as long as the limo she came in. She's There's a picture of her going down a hallway. It looks like she's Rose and Titanic, except it is literally just a wave of peach. Because that's where the color of her dress was. Right. Ridiculous. I think there's some more backstory to that, too, but I don't know it. But I'm not going to say anything bad about Billie because I like her. No, I, I I do really like her too. I, yeah, her, I, her fan. There were a lot of there were like seriously. Just look up pictures when you have time. Look up pictures of like yeah. what people were wearing at that thing because they also got really frequent. Uh, Kim Kardashian came just all black, like you couldn't see her face, her hands, or nothing. It was just like a black like wrap dress. So they combined a dress with a morph suit. It was like a Dementor. Uh -huh. yeah. Oh. Mm, I mean, it wasn't ripped up, dirty cloak, but I mean, it was about the same thing. I think it has something to do with Donda. Hollywood's just weird now. Hollywood and then AOC gets invited. Right. For whatever Hell, reason. they should have invited you and me. We would have made a party. Yeah, I know. Seriously. But we didn't have $30,000 per ticket or someone to comp them, so I guess we could just go fuck ourselves. So the reason that we're here today... <laughs> The main topic that we're talking about, actually, is um, 
how overworking affects mental and physical health and job performance overall. That that is on par with what the modern method is, even though it doesn't have to do with necessarily a topic in history, but it is an epic of the times for right. sure. And the reason this was always going to be a topic that we were going to do, but um, I wanted to move it up just because I, it's something that I've been thinking about more recently. Okay. Just, just as in like things that I'm doing with my personal life and stuff, just to give people background, I guess. Um, and sort of what culture looks like now as it's being reshaped after COVID, specifically with um, like employment turnover and things like that. Right. And is where I'm noticing it a lot because a lot of my job, and no one has any reason to know this, a lot of um, what my job is, is onboarding and offboarding people now. Just because that's, I'm manage IT for an ad agency and that's pretty much all I ever do at this point. I mean, it's it's just managing those those things. So it's just been something that's been at the front of my mind for a long time now, I want to say that this year, and these aren't real, these aren't real statistics. I didn't sit down and actually do the math on it, but I want to say since I started, we're looking at 60% turnover and I've only worked at this agency for nine months. Well, and that's like, even on my end too, like we have, and like we talked about this in the last podcast, I, we have just in the logistics industry, there's so much turnover because it's like, we need bodies. Right. And like the freight's not going to move itself. So it's. Well, a lot of one of the problems that you have too is, I mean, a lot of those jobs are also going to be part-time. Right. So those aren't necessarily easy to keep for long periods of time in the first place. And I'm not talking bad about the agency that I work for when I say that there's a lot of turnover. It's happening to all agencies right now. First of all, the I mean, turnover, you can expect for certain positions to be like every two years. And you could just say, well, I'm coming in at like this point where there's a wave of it. And that was true to a degree, but it's also so true just because um, work status is just changing. I mean, to a lot of work from home or just to to employees sort of taking taking back their like right to live their lives the way that they want to. And I think that it's good in a lot of ways. Um, I don't think that this is bad from an employee standpoint. And it's also, it's not bad from an employer standpoint either. Sure. Yeah. If if you could just have, if you could just have people that just worked flawlessly for a hundred hours a week, obviously that'd be great for you, but that's just not how it works. Right. That that would, that would be inappropriate. But I mean, everybody is also an employee at the same time. I'm not saying that you need to be lazy or something like that or that you are lazy if you want a more flexible job or that or anything to do with that i am all for hard work and and you should work a certain amount of hours i think there should be a certain work ethic that you uphold and that you do but at what point does it go over and and marketing in general is notorious for overworking people it's just because the nature of what it is too i mean you don't have to work in it you do choose it i don't even work in it I work for it and I do have it I mean I have it a lot easier than other people do just because that isn't what my job is anyways I'm there to make sure people have the tools to do the job and that doesn't really extend after hours most of the time right and that's like especially like in the marketing department like a lot of it's done on a computer so somebody can do you know somebody can still work from home like they could come into the office, work all day, then they can end up working another 
three, four hours at the computer at home. Every and, night. And I mean, if you want to say that, right. And if you want to say three to four hours a night, I mean, even three hours a night for five days in a row is an extra 15 hours a week then. And now you're going from 40 to 50. I mean, yeah, to 55 minimum. Right. So I actually, um, I actually have some stats that I saw that I looked up uh, earlier today that I just wanted to share. This one actually comes from Harvard Health Publishing, okay. and it talks about the risk of heart attack and stroke uh, for people that work over 55 hours a week. Okay. So it reads that um, those that work over 50, 55 hours per week experience 13% greater risk of heart attack. Oh. And of that 13%, 33% are more likely, well, more than likely to suffer a stroke. Hmm. And it goes on to talk about things like um, what work ethic in other countries is like, this is obviously the United States. Um, and in developed countries like ours, over, like, exaggerated overtime is not seen as a problem. I mean, obviously everybody knows that. No boss is ever going to say, oh, well, you should, like, they're going to encourage that you work more, mm -hmm. especially if you're on salary. So I think that this specifically had to do with white collar jobs, not necessarily manufacturing jobs, but um, there's more on that on a loss of productivity, specifically with both of those types of jobs. Oh, for sure. And it continued to talk about how like Japan has a crazy, like they're obviously they're hard workers. They're known for just going over the top and working all the time. And you're, you're expected really to work extra hours and they have a word um, called, and I'm probably going to butcher the way that this is pronounced. I don't know Japanese, but Kuroshi, which apparently translates as death from overwork. So Japan's government actually has five days mandatory vacation for everybody. Like the state, the nation state of Japan mandates that you take a five-day vacation. Just one? What? Is it like, I'm just one curious. set of five days or five days only. I don't know if it's like separated or whatever, but you have the right by the government that you must take it because I don't think that they're limiting overworked hours. Hmm. So in lieu of having a cap on how many hours you're, because that's also a little bit unfair too, because if yeah. I'm honest, there are times when I need to work overtime and I'm not going to complain about that. It just, it's necessary to get the job done. There is obviously a limit. I mean, if it was five hours a night, every night, that's bullshit but right. um but when it's necessary so you can't really put a cap on that so i think that's why they put the five-day mandatory break and then they expect actually let's see if i have it written down no i don't have it written down for japan there is actually another list of countries that i have for most mandated pto days mandated by the federal government that okay. is so i've got the top I've got the top 10 down. Okay. What do you think number one is? Where the government mandates most days. 
it's, I mean, it's actually a, it's actually a six-way tie. And this is coming from USA Today. So yeah. I say, in my, like in my mind, like the first one, the, well, to me, the first one that comes to mind would be like, I think I want to see the Netherlands. Or, Not even um, in there. So you would like, think, because a lot of people would associate that with like overall happiness and you would. Yeah, I, I feel like it's it's got to be your, it's got the six way time. It's probably half European countries. It's actually only two. Really? Yep. One third is European. The rest, they're from different places. Okay. Um, but I guess one third would equal out to whatever. Yeah. So the six-way tie. So give me, give me one more guess. Um, I feel like there's a lot of countries. I was thinking. South America is in there. Just say no. Hmm. All right, I'll go with the South America one. Uh, Argentina, no. Brazil. So Brazil, they actually put it number one, but um, like I said, it's a six-way tie. So I don't know if that actually means anything. So. Let me just name off the countries that do this. So, Brazil, Comoros, which I am actually, I actually kind of pride myself on geography and I don't, I've never heard of that. I don't know where that is. Um, Djibouti. Wow. <laughs> Still love that name. <laughs> France, Guinea, and Spain. Huh. All right. So, Brazil, Comoros, Djibouti, France, Guinea, and Spain all have a 30-day mandatory vacation period for employees in the country. Jeez, that'd be nice. Wouldn't it? And I actually consider myself lucky I get 21. Right. I think it's 21. 120 hours, I think, is 21. It's more than a lot of people get. I've actually never gotten vacation days, period, before. Anywhere that I've worked. Um. Granted, a lot of those have been part-time. I mean, three part-time jobs at once, you're not going to necessarily get the benefits. But um, even when I was full-time in other places before, you wouldn't get those. So all of those, and I wouldn't have expected any of them to be up there. I didn't know France gave you that much. And then to put it into perspective, the UK gives you 28, which is close. Yeah. The UAE. What's that at? The United Arab Emirates gives you 26. Oh, really? And Denmark gives you 25. And I brought Denmark in for a reason. Compare that with the United States, we guarantee you zero. There's like medical leave and stuff like that, obviously. And there are like there are things that I mean, if you get hurt, you have to, but it's not like it's it's mental health, take the day off because you need to. Right. And that absolutely should be a thing for the number one country in the world in a lot of things, especially GDP. Right. But they don't even talk about it. They don't care. So to put it into perspective, the UK, which a lot, I mean, a lot of people are just going to associate is on the same level with us in a lot of ways. Right. 28 paid vacation days with GDP per capita at 42,000 and a half per person, dollars. Mm. Compare that with the USA is 65,000, but Denmark is often associated as one of the happiest places on the planet. 
yeah. or just happiest people. They give you 25 mandatory days off and their GDP per capita is 60,000. That's very close to ours. That's 25 days more. That's almost an entire month of mandatory PTO that you have to take. And then if you want to compare that with happiest cities in the world, Aarhus, Denmark is number two. In hmm. fact, in the top five, Denmark comes in twice. Really? As having two of the happiest places in the entire world. And that obviously correlates with how they live their lifestyle. And then, and just then to tell you too, um, the USA is number 18. The, the first city that comes up, which is Washington, is the 18th happiest city in the world. That's not terrible. And I mean, yeah. you're also competing, but we have the most resources possible to help make people's lives better. Oh, I know, for, for sure. So, and with this, when I bring these up too, I'm just sort of exploring these ideas. I'm not exactly slamming the USA. I mean, I am a little bit, actually. I mean, it is a little bit of bullshit. I, but I, I think that things like that are going to start coming into perspective more as we continue to move away from COVID. Yeah. Just because the landscape's changing so much. Oh, and it's changing so much because, like, two years ago, every, you know, everything was normal. Then, every, then COVID hits and everybody's life is just drastically changed. Like, can't go anywhere. You know, we can't really do anything. And that was really hard for a lot of people and employers to deal with because, like, in my industry, like, you, you need to be there. I can't, I can't go move freight on a forklift at home. Right. I have to be there. And right. And that's the thing, like, from working from home, it did, well, I think it did take a lot of stress off of people, because you don't have to get up, you don't have to go deal with traffic, you don't have to drive, you know, you don't have to drive downtown, and I think there was, I'm trying to remember, there was some study, and they said, this was, you know, a few months, like, I think it was maybe, like, late last year, and they said people are actually more productive working from home than they were at the office. So I know I'm not. I think that's really particular. That is not me. I have got to be in there. I, all through COVID, so when I started actually working full-time in this ad agency, I have taken a max three days work from home. And, and one of them was because I couldn't get out of the damn driveway because there was five feet of snow. They don't plow anything here. It was still coming down like a bitch and there's no salt to melt it. So I literally couldn't get the hell out of the driveway. So I had to work from home. But I wanted to go in. Because right. I am just not as productive at all. I just, I admit it. And I feel like you and I are like those people that we have to be in the thick of it. Like we have to be hands-on in it. Right. We can't just sit at home because we're, if you, like if I work from home on a computer, I, I'd be 15 minutes and I'm like, oh, look, a squirrel. Well, there's so many distractions. There's food. No one's going to see what you're wearing or what you're not. Bro, you know, I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> um, and I know plenty of people that are more productive at home. And it oh, shows. Yeah. I, I am just particularly not one of them. Yeah, like, especially like how, like my job is like, I, I go to work every day. So when I come home, if, if I don't have anything planned or, you know, I, I don't have any projects I want to do on the weekend, 
I try my best to relax and try to recharge. And right. I like, and I feel like a lot of people now, like especially with everything short staffed, a lot of people are um, just working themselves out, like working, literally working themselves to death. And you don't have time to let your body relax, let your mind relax. Because like me working second shift, I get off of work between 10.30 and maybe 11.30. I'm still up till like two or three in the morning because my mind's still going. Right. And it takes me forever to wind down. I mean, right. and I don't even get, you work second shift. I get home at like 5.30, 6 o'clock, and I'm still not ready to go to bed at 11. Right. I'm also a psycho. But but that also brings me to another point um, about the overworking thing, because it's not just overworking with, with work, with your career. I mean, there's also other things. So for my personal experience, and this is nothing that's mandatory, I don't have to be doing this. But for my graduate degree, but for my MBA, there's there's so much that goes on with that. There are so many. I am also lucky in that point because I live alone. I don't have kids. I don't, I hardly know anybody in this city that's 1,200 miles away from home. So it is a perfect canvas for me to just be able to make my own schedule and structure. And still doing that, it still sucks so bad because it's and this is not really me complaining so many people have deal with this because people also want to just go and do the same thing that I'm doing so I'm not unique in this situation but you get up you go work in the morning you work your dick off all day or your boobs off I don't know and then you get home <laughs> and then it's like immediately you have all this other stuff to do because I mean I might spend 10 hours a week on schoolwork then right so then this is also, and they also overload you so much at the same time. And I get it with, especially like at that level, you, you really should be pushed. I'm right. not saying that I'm upset with the workload because whatever. So a lot of times it's unnecessary, I think though. And I don't have a statistic on this, but there has to be a certain point where, actually I do have a statistic, on this, but not specifically for academics. There must be a point where it is just it's so much work that now you're nowhere near as productive. Now there's a big loss in productivity that could either be with a, the career that you work in, that could be with school that you're, that you're doing full-time. Tons of people have problems with this too. I mean, it's really not that, whatever. I'm not going right. to get into the personals about it. Everybody deals with things differently and everybody is in a different situation than I am too. But then not only, it doesn't just stop there. This is completely discrediting everything, to do, not discrediting, discounting everything that goes on in your personal life then what if i did have what if i did have kids what if i decided that that was the thing that i wanted to do before i had started doing all this well it might make a lot of this stuff impossible and it just so time management is a real bitch then too when it comes to being overloaded and overworked so the the statistic that i had on it and this was the one that i was saying that um had differentiation between blue collar and white collar work mm -hmm. So specifically for, for both of them combined, when you just look at people who work 60 hours or more, if you reach that threshold and you go over it, performance supposedly, according to this website that, of course, I didn't write down the, the name of it, decreases by 25%. Huh. So if you go over 60 hours and that happens all the time, performance decreases by 25%, by a whole, by a quarter. 
that's you're still productive. I get that from a business standpoint. If you just do not give a shit about what your employees are doing, they're still being productive. But that also causes so many other issues with like with morale and, and things like that. So right. excessive overtime. And then again, this is coming from this website can lead to absenteeism. And I'm sure that you see that a lot. You get overworked on the dock and people just start calling off because they just get sick of it because yeah, they could work the hours, but then when it matters and when they're scheduled and now it fucks the schedule up and you have people calling mm -hmm. off turnover increases because now it's like, what the hell? And I mean, everybody is looking for something again, that's not unique to any one person. So if you if you get pissed and fed up with this one thing, you try something else out, even if it's a good idea or not, you just do it. And then that contributes to having labor issues. Oh yeah, for sure. Amazon obviously is a huge culprit of that. And I don't know from personal experience, but everything that I see about reviews of working at Amazon and stuff are just ballistic hours. And some people are meant for it. Some people aren't. And I know that some level jobs, they will pay you an ass ton. You might get 300 grand a year from Amazon and you're expected to work your ass off. And obviously you should for it, mm -hmm. but that's not the majority of people. No. And that's the thing. Like a lot of um, people like will leave um, logistics companies. Like if you want to be like a management and they'll give you a fat sign on bonus and it looks great. Everything looks great on paper. But from what I've heard, they work you like a dog. Mm. And I get it. Amazon is huge. Like, they, you got to get all that stuff out. I understand. Right, I get it. But, like, there must be some kind of sweet spot there to where you're yeah. going to attract employees. Exactly. And they'll work the hours. I mean, I, I remember watching this one YouTube video, and I don't – this was a while ago – it was someone documenting how they worked at Amazon and he took like a camera in with him and everything. I don't know if he got in trouble for this or not, but um, he was doing like those, it was either three or four 12 hour shifts in a row mm -hmm. and he was doing them overnight. So he would, you know, document him getting to work. He would get like, I think it was like an hour and a half break or something or two hours for working that long. So he would just go out into his car and sleep between the shifts get up and do it again that just doesn't sound like a good no way I to mean, do that. like who who wants to do that and i mean and that's like and that's the thing too like um your night nurses they only work three twelves maybe they need to make some extra cash they'll do four but they only do three because especially in that field like you need a few day you need a few days to recharge and relax because especially now like, the medical field is just so freaking stressful now. Uh, yeah, well, and, and they don't have enough people. No, and, and that's... that's, and that's a thing. job that absolutely matters. Yeah, like, that's a job you need the bodies for. Right. Like, yeah, like, my, like my department, yeah, you, you need bodies to move freight. You can do it with a little bit less, but, like, the medical field, like, you... You need people to know what they're doing. Like, you, right. you have people's lives in your hands. And be on top of it and not be fatigued exactly when they're sticking you with shit or doing whatever exactly or mixing up your medicine and stuff like that like it's and a lot i mean i don't know a lot of that problem honestly probably comes to from people just being so nervous about going into a place littered with covid that doesn't help either no but i mean so a lot of that is just going to come up to personal decision for right now yeah 
Yeah. Also, and I mean, like, and so many hospitals are going over capacity anymore again either, like they didn't last year. Yeah. The, the thing is with that, though, that makes it sort of hard for me is, I mean, hospitals are always, like, near capacity as it is. Right. Because they're for profit. I mean, just a thing that made me realize this is just earlier this um, year, I had this project where we were to recommend what size of a hospital a medical company would build in a certain area, depending on demographics and stuff, because the, the point was that you didn't want to be over too much on beds because now you're reducing profit because now you have all this extra overhead to pay for. You have to pay for the equipment, the place, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking, why is it like that? I mean, I get it. It's a bit, it's a business first. Morally, I have a problem with that. Yeah. And, that, um, and, that's, and that's the problem too. Like the people that are working in that field, they, they want to help you. The problem is, is the corporate side of it and the insurance side of it. Yeah. That's what screws a lot of people over. Right. I mean, if there was, and that's getting into a whole nother like topic, like socialized healthcare and things like that and, and making it public and like not privatizing more. I'm for broadly socialized healthcare in a lot of ways. This is getting off topic though, just because it's not, but, but yeah, but, and it's so easy to get over capacity too. So that's the other thing that that it's like, that scares people and it, and it should be, there's a big influx of new people coming into the hospital that are sick. That might only be 10 beds. Right. That might be less than 10 beds. If we're honest, 10 rooms. I mean, they've got extra cots and stuff, but it's not like it's the civil war with so many people just getting amputated everywhere and everything. And, and, oh, now we need to put stuff in the garage. That's because you're out of space. And that still sucks. That is not a good thing. I'm not saying that it is, and I'm not saying suck it up, deal with it. What I'm saying is, is that also incites a lot of panic that's not constituted. Right. And with that, especially working in that field, like, I, I can only imagine the stress that puts that, – that's get that put that's get put on by these nurses and doctors. Like I can only imagine. Well, and being from Cleveland, we know a lot of people like that. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, geez, here we have we have a medical mecca here. So that is, like, that's where you go in the country if you want if you're serious about it. Yeah, well, I, I think they somebody was told by one friend she's a nurse. At the, I think it's it's everyone hospitals with the branch off the clinic, and apparently they're going to be opening a Cleveland clinic in London. I know that they have one in the Middle East somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, they're, bring, they're bringing one to England. Yeah, that's and that, I didn't hear about that. That's crazy. Yeah, because uh, her fr- my uh, her friend is a I think she's she might not be a traveling nurse. I don't somewhere along the lines of that. But yeah, she's gonna go out there and train everybody there, like how we how they do it at the clinic here in Cleveland. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, which is amazing because I mean. Geez, I mean, just with the clinic in UH and Metro, like, they're some of the best hospitals in the country. Right. But, like I said, going back to the topic we're talking about, I can only imagine, especially, like, almost a lot of these hospitals in the country are, like, looking at them, like, what what do we do? Right. How do we test for this? How do, you know, and it's insane. 
and I, God, I couldn't even imagine the hours they put in just to, you know, get a COVID, you know, to make a COVID test. Right. And just that workload. And I, I bet you it, it burned a lot of people out. Well, yeah, it does all the time. I mean, yeah, I couldn't imagine doing a job like that. And I'm so happy that there are people better than me to do that. <laughs> There's a lot of stronger people on me than me out there who can do that. And I, I salute them because, geez. Before we started, didn't you have um, some notes you had written down about statistics or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to pull this up. So I found this uh, website. I was, well, when I had a, a break at work, I was looking at some stuff, so, you know, maybe we can talk about. And I found this website, calendar.com. And if you ever want to, like, read this, it's actually very interesting. It's a very interesting read. But, like, one of the statistics I found out on working too hard is, and I'm quoting this, working too, working too hard over an extended period of time can eventually lead to all manner of health problems, such as depression, high levels of stress, high blood pressure, infertility, which that one's still kind of throwing me off, yeah. migraine, migraines, diabetes, allergies, heavy drinking, and impaired memory. After I read that, I'm like, I can totally see that. A lot of those things have got to coincide with each other, though. Like, obviously, heavy drinking is going to be impaired memory. But, I mean, stress overall actually does ab absolutely impair your memory, too. I just, I don't get the infertility part. Yeah, I, I've never heard of stress causing infertility. I don't know. I mean, that might be something we have to both uh, research up on. But, yeah, I don't know how. I mean, yeah. Because I don't know how that would affect that, but. I mean, I guess it does. But like everything else I can see, like the stress levels, the high blood pressure, depression, migraines, heavy drinking, the impaired memory, I, all that I understand. Oh, okay, wait a minute. Um, what I'm seeing that I'm looking up is that it's specific with women. Really? So this says, this is coming from health.usnews.com. Okay. A recent study found that women with high levels of alpha amylase, an enzyme that correlates with stress, have a harder time getting pregnant. Well, so it's like a, an inhibitor for fertility, specifically for eggs, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, no, that sounds about right. I don't know. I'm no medical expert at all. No, I don't know what Mayo Clinic is. But uh, this is like a Q&A with a doctor. This is from 2013, too. So this is also, like, I'm sure that they've followed up on this. Saying that it is unlikely that stress alone can cause inf infertility. However, it does interfere with the woman's ability to get pregnant. Hmm. So it looks like it's pretty, it's one-sided. Because what, I don't want to get gross here. What... Custard is made up <laughs> is a very specific recipe, <laughs> and it's one of the last biological like assets that men lose. Yeah, when they're malnourished, when they're like on the verge of dying, it is one of the very last 
parts that stops working. Right. And it is very specific in calorie count. And because it is a it is just a recipe. And if it, it's if it's not there, it doesn't work. So why right. would your body put something out that doesn't work? It just won't do it. Right. Um so that's why I was confused at first, because why would stress affect that? I mean, it's more physiological and not that there isn't physiological harm that can come from stress, but it, I would feel like it's more self-inflicted based on the mental complications that come from stress. Right. Well, and the other thing I was reading on that too was, um, ooh, excuse me, was um, then like, you know, then it throws your diet off. You're not working. You're not being active as much because all you want to do is just go home and go to bed. Like, I get that a lot. Yeah, and it also, like, it, it affects your personal life so badly. Because, I mean, like, it's, um, you, have a wife, you have a wife and kids, and you're working 60, 65 hours a week. Yeah. I, I get it. You, you, you love your wife. You love your family. I get that. But sometimes, after working that much, all you want to do is just crawl under the covers and not wake up for, like, three days. Right. I mean, that obviously is also a lot of depression there. Right. And that's a big sign of depression because you're just, you're just burning yourself out. You're not giving yourself time to relax. You're not giving yourself time to mentally recharge. And it does wear on you. Yeah. And I can, I can kind of vouch for it. And you can too there for a little bit there during the heart of the pandemic, like every, you know, like half, half of the people half of the workforce was working from home right the other half was like myself and you we were out there making a living because my my department like my field we we have to keep this country moving we need to get soap to people we need to get medical supply you know medical machines supplies whatever you name it we had to get it like it has to go from point a to point b it needs to get where it needs to go and it, it, it did uh, mentally put a strain on you because you're like, you're out here every day. And especially like the first, <laughs> excuse me, the first few months of it, you're like, you were like, why well, I, I, can I go, can I go to work and get this? Like just out of the blue? Like, I don't, I don't know if, you know, if, you know, Joe Schmo over here has COVID or not, like we, you don't know. And right. it did, pull, and it puts a lot of stress on you. Right. It actually gives you a lot of, it actually amplifies your anxiety because you're well, not only that there was a curfew. you literally had a card yeah i literally had to get a paperwork a piece of paper from fedex and say like when we had the curfew if i got pulled over i had to show the cop like look i'm coming home from work right and that was just i mean that was just what you had to do i'm not complaining about that either like what when everybody was thrown into lockdown no one's ever experienced before right when the fuck did that happen to this scale? Ever? Yeah, it eight was, billion people are on lockdown. Yeah, it was, it was, it was nuts. Yeah, and and that's the thing too. Like my dad, he's he's in the trades, but he's in HVAC. My, one of my buddy, my one of my buddies is in HVAC, and a lot of their work is at the hospitals. Like they were literally at ground zero. Yeah, during that, and it. And it stress them so badly right because a lot of these things that you were talking about the um like the side effects and like just the different 
different coping mechanisms and stuff that people use, we could have checked off 85% of those things, if not more. Yeah, yeah, that was, um, that was, a, that was a lot of beer drink. But, I mean, also at the same time, like, it sounds bad, but what, what else did you have to do? What else could you do? Right. I mean, because it wasn't like we were going out. It was, we're two people that, at this point, then we're just seeing each other all the time. So it's basically just your household then. Right. Because, and then and it was way out. I mean, it's in your barn. There's nobody near there. You can't catch anything that isn't already coming in. Right. And we were ethically outside, so there's always moving air. We're not in a house, so that's, you know, stagnant air, recycled air going through the furnace. Right. But still, at the same time, it was like purgatory. But yeah, it's, I don't know, it's it's crazy because like looking back at it now and you're like, wow, I don't know how like, like if I could only imagine like you couldn't go anywhere like for work, like you had to go from home and grocery shopping was just so freaking stressful. So as far as FedEx is concerned with their like employee sort of like health program that they have and i'm not talking just like literal medical and stuff is there any sort of like mental health um awareness slash like thing that fedex does for its employees like is there is there like therapy that's included on stuff i don't know is there a group a hotline this or that or support group of some sort um see i've never really looked into that i would assume we do just because how big of a corporation we are and yeah i i would have to i would really have to look into that but i would believe so because i mean my my job's very stressful right and i have you know especially as being a supervisor i have to make sure everything's done correctly everyone's working safely because we have seven thousand pound machines with giant with giant blades on them driving around like you have to make sure everyone's being safe nobody's you know climbing on stuff and they have the potential to fall and hurt themselves like it's right and that's like our that's actually our biggest like that's our the number one rule is safety above all because you're working with heavy heavy machinery and that's why you know we the nice thing is, like, we have the bodies now where the workload is starting to get a little bit less on certain people because we just have, we have numbers now, so now we can move more efficiently and not burn people out. Yeah. And trust me, I I was there a year, like, this time last year. I worked my tail off. That's and one I, thing that I want to do more research on as to how prevalent that is just in general. I don't right. know what the, I don't know either like the count is on that or anything or how much that's been increasing lately. I know that for the agency that I work at there, I mean, there is some support there. I don't know specifics for it. For me personally, and I'll ask you your opinion on this too. For me personally, I don't think that therapy is necessarily an effective thing for myself. I understand that can help a lot of people. And, yeah. and I'm not saying that as like, oh, well, it doesn't work because it's psychological because it's this, because it's this, because it tricks you because of blah, blah, blah. I mean, if it works, it works. If you if you go to therapy and you use it and you come out of it feeling any better, it fucking worked. 
one. I, could, I don't see myself ever doing that. Um, well, and, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like therapy is like actual medicine. So it works for some people and it doesn't work for others. Right. Like, it's, well, it's, it's also the way that you like just everybody's different. And it's especially different between men and women. And you can say that that's sexist. You can go fuck yourself because there could also be a bigger group of men that go to do that. I have no idea. Um, no, yeah, like I, I, even without, with or without therapy, I always believe that you need to have good mental health because you only have one life. You, you have, you have to find ways to enjoy. You can't just be stressed all the time. Well, and that's exactly my point with this whole like thing. I mean, if you are just overworked so much, what's even the point? I mean, you could make more money doing that, sure. But I mean, if you have to just ruin yourself doing it, then, and that's, I've sort of been thinking about things in a different perspective from that way too, because you could pride yourself on being able to work more than the next person. That happens a lot. It's like, I mean, people like, people we know, and I'm not going to name drop anybody, but who work these ridiculous hours doing, you know, multiple jobs a full-time a couple part-time or whatever and do all this stuff at what point is that like is that pride getting in the way of of for whatever reason of getting in the way of your actual happiness at what point is that just like who cares if you work all of these hours if it's not for anything i mean and that's not to say that people that don't that like run their own business to do legit work 100 hours a week and that's what they like to do that's not what i'm talking about right but i see that a lot happening in like in my um grad program and stuff too yeah. of people sort of using that as like a bragging right which yeah. And I mean, I, I know some people who are like that. And like, I get it. Like, if you love what you do, more, you know, more power to you. I'm not saying I don't love the job I do, but some, a lot of, there's quite a few times I'm like, yeah, I would, you know, rather be relaxing in a hammock or something or, you know, but. Well, right. I mean, the whole point of working and even like um, some of these people on Shark Tank will tell you the whole point of getting rich is to, for them is to set yourself free from having having to have these schedules with organizations that at the end of the day you don't actually care for like they're not actually like it's not it's not your thing it's right. not why would you care so much about at the end of the day are you going to run yourself into the ground working for the company that you work for i mean no i absolutely won't because it, I need to get something out of it. The whole point is to give myself the ability to do these things. And right. I think, and obviously a lot of people are understanding that too, with people going to work for places that are better to them. Yeah. And I mean, I, I agree with that. Like my job, like, yeah, you have a start time, but you have no, you have no set end time if, if you're full time or your salary, but at the end of the day, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Now, like during the summertime, yeah, we're balls to the wall, we're hammered down, you know, we're we're moving freight. But in the wintertime, it's nice because um, unlike FedEx Ground, FedEx Express, we start going into our slower seasons or our slower season. So that really, you know, it's a nice little break for everybody. Right. Like there's not there's not as much freight coming in. 
you know, we can give days off and you won't go against your attendance and some guys take advantage. Well, they don't take advantage of, but they'll take the opportunity. Cause like I, I did it last year. There was a few days. I'm like, you know what? I, I, I just need a day to chill out, relax and enjoy a day off for once. Right. But Most even while you're working too, I mean, workplace, like happiness while working is also incredibly important too. Because how much of your life is actually spent? You're, you probably spend like a third of your life at work. Yeah. So being happy while doing the job too at the same time is just a, so there there have to be leniencies even while you're working too. Like there's just this there's just this balance that I just don't see happening. I don't know. At this yeah. point, I'm just going to be sort of like rambling a bit. <laughs> you know, and that's the other thing too. Like I I work with a lot of guys. I work I work with a lot of great guys great guys and gals and that's and that's the biggest thing to you it really helps out when you go to when you're at a place and everybody's kind friendly you know they want to engage you want to help you and it's awesome i've also worked jobs where nobody likes each other and it's a giant clusterfuck right Man, unfortunately, that's a lot of your service industries, which sucks because that's a, that's an industry you really have to be engaging with your employees and just strangers. Yeah. Where in my, my line of work, I see maybe one or two strangers a week, if that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's different all across the board, but I feel like, you know, you I don't know. It's it's hard to find something that you love to do. I mean, everybody's got that niche, but I feel like you need to you need to make the most of it because work you know working gets food it puts food on the table, a roof over your head, heat your home, gets you clothes, food, everything. But but that's like the basic level structure of what work i think should be for though that's just like the bottom part of a hierarchy of needs right because like, you, we should be moving beyond that it shouldn't right. just you work be. for your needs but like i said i've always been a firm believer find something that you love to do and do it right like if i had the opportunity to go on a morning shift i'd go back and coach football again i love coaching football not saying i'm not a you know i don't like my job but i also like that's another thing I've always loved. Yeah. Well, you also have to have time to be able to do things like that too. Right. Well, and then you're just further contributing to society in different ways then also. Yeah. But I also, I mean, you it know, just enriches the community. Yeah. And but, yeah. But yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I always tell people like you, you have one life to live. Right. Don't work your life away. Go out and do something fun. Grab a beer with a buddy. Go see a movie. Go see a concert. Now that everything's opening back up, finally, people are, I think, starting to be able to do that. Well, now they're closing back down, too. I don't know what stuff's like there. I know that um, a lot of places on, like, the East Coast, you have to mask in stores and stuff. Colorado is pretending it is not happening. <laughs> like, it's not a thing here. There is nowhere other than, like, a government building that you have to wear a mask. Well, I know out here in um, I think it was I think it was Concord County, they uh, they as a mask advisory, like they are encouraging people to wear. I don't. Oh know. yeah, that's a thing here, but like they also are not living in capacities in restaurants. 
Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. I don't even I don't even think we're fifty percent vaccinated. So like the country. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that statistic, but like that's the thing. Like I've I you you just need a better way to I don't know, find something fun that helps you relieve stress. I I'm not, you know, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor. This is just my personal experience. Find something you like to do. Make right. it a hobby. Do something that's fun that you love to do and get your mind off of work so you can like mentally relax and your mind's working in a different way where you're like, I have to get this done where you're like, oh, I can do this and this and that, you know. And it just makes life more enjoyable than working your life away. So uh, Colorado, actually, specifically, people ages 18 to 64, we are 75% vaccinated hmm. in a state that pretends it's not happening. <laughs> people over 65, we're at 98.5%. And then under 18, and I know that, like, there's a thing about the age and stuff like that. It's really low. It's, like, it's 21.5%. Right. But most states are like that. But most states are also assholes. Well, yeah, like going like going back to it, like I, I don't know. It's 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 hard. Well, I was very low for everything. It's a lot of dipshits in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, you're you're not living in Ohio, and I can say because I live in Ohio. There's a lot of dumbasses out here. Um, yeah, you, you can say that everywhere in the country, but Utah, where they were having the biggest problems because they were they were paying. I think police officers were getting paid like extra to get the vaccine or people in general were just like, yeah, they were literally paying the police force to get vaccinated because they had all of these vaccines that were going bad. Um, people over the ages of 65, they're at 99.9% .9 vaccinated. Hmm. And people between 18 and 64, they're at 72 and a half. Interesting. That's pretty good. I was just surprised, considering it's a liberal hoax, but, <laughs> but that's okay. But I mean, right, at the end of the day, the whole point is that we're all here to, we're all here, we all have to share the planet, we all have to share our lives, basically, so we have to take care of each other, so. Oh, yeah, and that's, you know, I don't know, I've always been a kind, nice person, I, I think, I, I get that i don't know sometimes well, sometimes i think i'm that. an idiot but who, who actually tells you that give me one person um older um one of the guys at work uh his name's john oh yeah guy, i think he's in his 50s and there was a bar next to work and every like it was like once or once a week or once every other week i'd meet him up after work for a beer right and he'd see somebody he knows like oh yeah this is jesse you know Work with him at FedEx, nicest guy over me on the dock. Like, he's probably hands-on one of the nicest guys we have there. And he's, you know, just a good person. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Did you make out with him? No, 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 oh. no, no. I try to get out of that. I try to, um, I, we had um food truck coming today. We had uh, Lorenzo's Pizza from uh, Oberlin, which anybody listening to this has never been to, has never been to Lorenzo's. I highly recommend it. Also, you made out with the pizza. I thought about it. But after we had the pizza, 
me and my uh, me and the other me and my other supervisor were like, oh man, I could take a nap after this pizza. Oh uh, well, yeah. I mean, it also hits you like a fucking break. Our, bo- our boss walked by. We had a get. We have a guy who's um out on COVID. Who was out on COVID leave. He's gonna be he's gonna be back. I think next week. <laughs> we're like, hey, uh, Jordan, can we go home? Uh, we made out with Turner uh, a few weeks ago. So yeah, can we go home? <laughs> he didn't well, buy it, obviously. <laughs> but at the end of the day, a um, couple takeaways just from the discussion, I think. Um, we're moving in a, just in a different direction for just a lot of different things. And there are obviously a lot of different stressors. So I think that um, just employment in general is becoming more in favor of the employee, not the employer. And, I, and obviously employers are switching their... Um, switching their habits and things like that just to be yeah. more competitive in the way of helping employees out. So I think that there obviously is hope, but I mean, for anybody that doesn't have any, there are places to look for, to go get help for things or for just, just food for thought to think about in general. Um, I'm actually surprised at a lot of these statistics that I found. I'm also surprised that they were so easy and that people were looking into them so hard too. So, I mean, if you do your own research, you're going to find this stuff very quickly. Well, yeah, well, and that's the thing too. There, you know, there was a lot of people this time last year were super stressed, and people like you and me that just want to look shit up. Eventually, that happened, and there's a lot of research on it now. It's right. hopefully it will help. Oh, he's gone. Oh, he's left the meeting. What's happened to him? He's on the phone. He's calling. He's calling me now. What? Oh, you didn't have a wasn't plugged in. It was a full battery when I started. Yeah, it's not. That's not enough. Oh, that's Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, I'll tell everybody you said bye. No, just just tell them be like, yeah, the computer died. I think it's computer died. No, they don't. No. Okay. I'm gonna end this. I'll call you back. So, yeah, dipshit didn't know how to plug his computer in. That's okay. He'll be back on next week for episode what's probably going to end up being five, but I guess I'll tell you later because apparently I can't count. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, I hope that you got something from this conversation, and we will see you next time. Thanks.